Right, we're live. <laughs> Welcome to DeFi Happy Hour podcast. And it's the first of our trader series, which me and Jedi are going to be taking through um, some of our favorite um, traders, investors on CT and further beyond. So today we've got Aperture from Deus Ex DAO. And don't expect anything from professional from this, just like everything we do. It's a bit all disjointed and a bit all over the place, but we'll we'll get through it. So, Aperture, welcome. Thank you for having me here. I uh, I'm glad to to talk to you once more now on your your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've basically just carbon copied what you what you showed us. <laughs> we've we've forked your whole platform effectively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt familiar. Really familiar. <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's good to continue our kind of conversation and collaborative uh, work as well. But uh, we've also got Jedi here. I'm sure he can chime in. Hey, Aperture. Um, nice to have you with us, and it's also nice to to obviously be using this platform that you so eloquently introduced us to a couple of weeks ago. Um, pretty seamless, easy to use, and yeah, I mean, just jump right in, and and we're hoping that this is, um, you know, it's. I think this is the second one. Grant, is this the second one that we that we've done? You did one with Cairo last week. Um, there've been a couple, but I think we've kind of decided that we're going to formalize this thing and and possibly do two a week. And Aperture, you're one of our guinea pigs, so thanks for stepping in. And just to kick it right off. Um, Give us an introduction, who you are, and and we'll get into kind of like the the meat of it later on. But yeah, tell us about yourself uh, if you feel like telling us where you're from and you know what's motivated you to be in the space. Yeah, so I um, I became active in the space um, I think uh, end 2017, or actually know for sure that was end 2017 in the, the, the magical uh, bull run, uh, I came in really as, as a retail. And um, I, I traded my way through, through a bear market. I started learning trading through a bear market and uh, developed my skills. I was, I was working a, as a data analyst at the time, um, several jobs in that section. And I felt analyzing charts uh, came quite natural to me. Um, I didn't make big profits in the bear market. I think the, the biggest achievement was keeping my money, <laughs> like giving giving it back to the market after making some profits, but always staying alive. Uh, and I it sharpened my skills in, in chart reading, risk management, and uh, knowing what I, I, I want to develop as strategies in the market. But it also um, built my, my network and uh, in the last, uh, uh, I'm not sure how long, maybe two years, I, I worked together uh, with some great analysts in Burpnest, produced a lot of content with them, built a platform with them to bring some education to, um, to people like me when I started in 2017 and there, there wasn't much content available then. So I want to produce that and, and bring that to to bigger audience. Um, and after that, you know, uh, the, the ball kept rolling. Um, I got a network. I, I connected with a lot of people in the space, uh, great traders, great investors, um, just good people with, with good skills. Um, 
and uh, then I um, I ended up in the Deus Ex DAO, which is um, an investment syndicate, but also an advisory organization for uh, for projects uh, which we can help with tokenomics or uh, or marketing. Um, yeah, but I can go into deep on that a little bit later. So this is the the, the short introduction. Lovely, lovely. I um, mean, touch on touch on the bird nest there. Is uh, so from my understanding, your time time there's finished. And what and what was that? And how do you think that's kind of led you to where you are now in in this space? Mm, I think um, um, it, it was a really important um, part of of what what I am currently. Um, because I, I joined the Burp Nest uh, when I I, I I felt I wasn't really ready, but it um, but it made me like look at all my skills and and sharpen those skills well. So uh, when I came on, there was like a huge selection round. Um, I, I really pushed every skill <laughs> I had, like I programmed. I, I had ideas on marketing. I provided technical analysis and setups and um, eventually uh, with a few other sharp minds I, I became a team member um, and the great thing is that you, you suddenly get an audience so uh, people are looking at you and you have to word stuff better I think that's that's one of the best things about education you have to word uh, your knowledge better you have to explain it uh, to, to other people uh, in, in multiple ways uh, so you have to be also very critical of what you think and what you say. Um, so you get a deeper understanding of doing that. Uh, so I think that's that's what helped me even uh, push my own trading further. Uh, but it's also great because people uh, look at you and also uh, not only members, but also other like bigger traders in the space or investors in the space. And then they start to take you more more seriously um, because, you know, you produce that content um, on your individual name, but also uh, under that banner. And, um, you know, I think network in, in crypto is everything. So um, you, you can leverage also the network from, from others inside. Uh, but most importantly, you're working closely together with, with a big team that has a, a similar goal and um, that way you can amplify uh, those skills or uh, learn from somebody who has a skill that you don't possess. Um, and the only thing you need is some time to do that and some, um, some energy to, to put into that. Um, so that's great from, uh, from an investment perspective. You, know, you, you put in time, energy, skills, and you, you grow uh, together. And that's, you know, that's what, what I've, I've been really proud of uh, when I left um, that uh, you can look back and look at all the content you made, all the, the products you build, the members you, you hopefully helped and um, and then see that it was was a success. Uh, yeah, massively. I, I couldn't agree more with what you said about when, when, you, when you put your thoughts onto the page or when you're actually typing them up, you actually check check your own bias and check your own understanding of something because you're like, shit, is this actually, am, am I, what, am, what am I typing up now? Is that true? Is that correct? And from doing this, I was speaking to the, uh, one of the marketing guys who works with Expo today and he was saying, 
he because we we brought him on from like a traditional traditional job. He used to work with one of the biggest, well, the fastest growing brewing company in the UK, and he was just saying, "How can I get up to speed? And like, how how have you managed to take on all this information in such a short space of time?" And I've just said, "When you write and put your put your ideas in, onto the page, it actually helps you understand something to like a first principles level because you have to know because some." Nine times out of ten, someone's going to pull up and say, I didn't really understand this. Can you explain it a little bit more? And you actually have to understand it to a, such a deep level that you do fundamentally understand what you're actually talking about when you do put it in the page. So if anyone's actually listening and, and and wants to use that, they don't have to release the content. They can just put it down and just write their thoughts down. I know Raymond, one of our good friends, Jedi, he's, he's recently been putting stuff out. But he said just even just from writing his thoughts down, his writing his ideas and thesis down it's just helping them massively so agree with what you've just said there 100 percent. yeah and i think it also helps um you know after you've done maybe some write-ups or research on projects um that's when, when you can start create some templates um um for example what i did mostly with trading strategies or market scanning is first i started to research a lot like tap into experience from all these other traders and funny thing was last week I, I came across some of these these excel sheets i had which i now look at like oh that that's insane i i already know all of this it was structured categorized and everything so i started researching traders first um but then you, you get to see similarities, for example, between strategies, or I can imagine that's is also working for, for projects and, and fundamental research. And when you have those, those templates in mind after some initial experience, um, you can use that to, to create your own research framework. Um, simply structure that um, and, and just follow that for, for a project, which reduces time and that way you can scan through projects much faster. And um, you'll, you'll probably also get to some really, some, some red flags or stuff you don't want to see. And I think cutting out information early on, like if you look at a project and you see two of these red flags and you just click it away, next project. Uh, is, is really valuable uh, eventually. So um, I think it's good to start with, with some write-ups, um, but uh, eventually uh, try to structure it a little bit, I think, um, because that, that would work. And like lots of the, the projects have a similar timeline in, in crypto um, or a similar um, product proposition. Um, so you, you, you can categorize that and make it much easier for you to do some research, just fill in the questions you need to know and hop on to the next one. Yeah, nice. so, I like that. So I think what's, uh, you know, in terms of your approach, um, you know, the one thing that's become very clear to me, and we, we obviously, we joked about this in Discord uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and it's kind of like the one thing that I really enjoy about your approach is that you you're a no bullshitter you know you kind of you look at the facts you very much you know you're empirically based in terms of your approach to the market and 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 rightfully so i think at the end of the day it's it's kind of like that almost mathematical as i refer to it samurai approach by cutting through the bullshit. um i want to get into the detail of that in terms of how 
do you generally approach a trade versus an investment? Do you approach them in a similar way? Or do you look at them as two different two different approaches with two different strategies? Um, well, let's start with, with, with cutting through the, the bullshit and then I'll, I'll answer the question. <laughs> um, I, I love to, um, to be critical of my own research. And I think uh, that that's my main, main skill. So I'm glad others see that too. Um, it already happened when I was at university. I remember writing some academic research papers and mostly when you have these structures of academic research at the end, there is some kind of conclusion and you reflect on your research. And I often got like the comments, like you did a good, research report but in the end you you totally broke down and was you you left nothing intact from your findings because you you, you found all these um these negative aspects to it so i i knew it was a skill i i sometimes had to tone it down for uh for data uh analysis and reporting but funny thing is uh, in crypto i i can fully um utilize that so um to start with i i mostly traded and learned through a bear market so i i i distrust like every project there is and every chart there is and every altcoin there is i think a bear market is the best market to uh, to start learning trading um because technicals don't exist it's just liquidity exiting the market people taking profit and you have to protect yourself from that. So any news event that causes a bump um, is one you, you could sell into, uh, but definitely not buy into because then you're you're buying the bags that others are, are dumping. So uh, I think that's what made me really critical uh, because I realized that these technicals can exist and these technicals can definitely exist for a longer time, but a project has to survive or a team has to survive uh, for that to come to fruition. Uh, the problem is that there is an uncertainty factor in that uh, and you might never really know which team that is unless you have very specific information about that team. Um, so in, in general, I, I treat every... Um, every coin the same <laughs> um, as some kind of um, project that isn't, isn't going to make it because this, this space is very experimental. Uh, most of this stuff won't make it or won't be around in the next two or three years. Um, or the chart will be down just 90% and, and doesn't recover. So uh, with, with that in mind, um, I, I like to do some, some, some trend trading or look for charts that have bottomed and are in, in some accumulation uh, zone. So um, I, I think the combination of technical analysis and fundamental analysis is actually the best one to, um, to use where um, the fundamentals create the narrative uh, they create uh, maybe holders, uh, the people that don't, don't watch the chart. Uh, they create the marketing, uh, the hype, uh, which is really important because I think hype and uh, and marketing around the project is in good conditions similar to trends. So if there is a lot of hype, you can see that in the chart. 
uh, and it it will still respect some technicals. So um, I think the most perfect chart uh, I, I like, especially for my my investment projects, are the ones that are in some accumulation range uh, after listing or uh, after a, a a a bigger move. Um, I think uh liquid driver from the last few weeks was a super good example of that didn't um didn't play that but i saw the chart and i was like this this is indeed one of the the, the charts i would have played uh where you can see that there is some sideways price action it's ranging and then get some momentum and um um then you have to look at these fundamentals some news some hype and see what's happening is are there some and um, some fundamental aspects to this uh is there some news um did the team um keep developing regardless of price action um you know do they keep building do they keep delivering and um that's that's you know i think the best thing to have fundamental aspects but you can see it in the chart so i i definitely have some some breakout strategies I, I wouldn't say that i think it's more of a early momentum strategy um and i think that's that's where my edge is i can really spot momentum early uh and i like it when there is a, a fundamental factor um and I think what I eventually also learned is I can see where that momentum changes. And even if there is like all these news events, bullish news, team delivering a new feature, uh, I, I I don't give a shit because the, the momentum is gone or just the setup isn't there. Um, yeah, I think that's so, hopefully so, the answer. So, so you know what's really interesting about um, just for the record for everyone that's listening, we we haven't we did plan this. There've been no lists, no lists have gone out. I mean, this is we're we're free flowing here, you know. So, what's funny about what you said, Aperture, is that um, Grant and I actually we we had a meeting this morning. Um, nothing formal or complicated. Don't worry, we don't do that yet. But we we discussed. A number of protocols and coins, and one of them was 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 Liquid Driver. And I've been, I mean, I've been bullish on Liquid Driver even before you know did that parabolic move. And I think the the fundamentals around the protocol and and what it is that they're offering is it's solid, you know. And and one of the, well, one of the things that we discussed is it's a shame that it's not you know multi multi ecosystem because it's kind of like, you know, they they really do have something quite solid there and and. We then spoke about how this accumulation was was in process, and obviously you brought it up. I mean, I've posted about it a number of times on Twitter, and I really think that you know, Liquid Driver is very much almost like my 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 indicator per se. You know, in terms of you know this whole trend that you described, you know, accumulation and then this upward movement around the news. You know, the news is definitely. I think there's Grant mentioned that there's a version an equivalent to a version two. I haven't had a chance to to get into the detail of that, but that's pretty much, you know, what it is that you're, you're, you're outlining, you know, it's the perfect story. And I think there's a number of, of these kind of protocols that are currently undergoing this, this, this kind of, you know, this trend we've had obviously quite a brutal market, uh, particularly over the last four months, and we're getting a lot of accumulation with a lot of decent protocols 
which is uh, leading me on to my next question, and that is that what are your your favorites at the moment that you can think of that you know you you are not necessarily invested in? I mean, you, absolutely, you can you can try and pump your own bags on our show, but I mean, even stuff that you haven't entered. I mean, is there anything out there that you really like that? You know, you're keeping an eye on maybe some alpha for for the listeners and for us, of course. And let me let me grab my uh, my my watch list. I'm not sure if I stated this on on Twitter, but I'm I'm closely uh, watching uh, the chart for for Luxo. Um, but also know a little bit about the, the fundamentals behind it. So um, I think think the chart um, is actually. Uh, like more of a four-hour trending strategy that uh, it, it shows. Uh, maybe I could show this. Can I can I share my my screen? Go for it. Yeah, I was just going to suggest yeah, actually uh, we bring bring some of those up. <laughs> can you share? Can you share it, Yaron? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh... Hopefully available now. There we go. So, um, what I often like to do is is put in some uh, some moving averages. So that's my standard template. Um, uh, but what I saw is uh, is one of my favorite high time frame retraces happening towards the zero point seven eight six Fibonacci. You know, drawn from the bottom to the top um and and right now like as i said it's it's in some form of accumulation it's it's holding this low um it's it's holding around this zone you know you could draw some kind of triangle for the market structure um and of course it it could go easily you know reject here and uh, and dump down and fully retrace um but you know this is why i'm i'm in these market conditions a little bit careful um i don't do that much bad so this is actually one of the worst moments to ask me what what are your your bigger convictions because they don't have that much uh, of course there are some uh, some projects i'm uh, i'm longer term invested in but i think this one is more representative of what uh, what i actually do um so I, I was looking at these uh, the, the fundamentals of the projects already before uh, I think maybe before here, um, but um, as every parabolic move, um, it comes down in crypto uh, eventually, and um, uh, it's now consolidating. Maybe remove uh, these moving averages uh, so you can see the structure a little bit better. Um, and and basically, my guess is is that breakout. And I think that's also where my my edge is. That often I can take positions just before a breakout happens, um, because I see that underlying momentum, and that way I often can take profit before um, uh, actually on the first breakout, which de-risks the position a little bit. But um, simply said, we have a four-hour uptrend here. Um, price is moving past these uh, moving averages, tap nicely into the 100 moving average. And of course, there was some noise here before, but this isn't really trending. These are quite volatile moves. So um, th this feels a bit more real. And if the market, 
like that's the thing it really depends on the market if uh, bitcoin or ethereum start running here um altcoins that have good fundamentals will probably outperform uh, and that's also the thesis here um i think i uh, i saw luxo developing all um uh, all kinds of test nets and and they're they're um actively developing searching for for team members uh, talking at um uh like festivals or uh, or congresses so um um that's i think why uh, why this this team is still active and delivering and what i like it's it's if i look at the website i can, can show you a little bit better is that they have something like universal prop public profiles i think identity on a blockchain uh, can be much more important um i also think privacy like on the other hand privacy can be much more important on a blockchain so i have like two theses that there 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 will become um much more hype around identity on a blockchain whether it's hiding that or verifying that um uh, because that's really important for 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 getting trust like having a profile for example gives you a, a reputation you can use online gives you access and of course you can use nfts to that but an nft for example is way too static um if you can build a profile with some data attached that will um will give you uh, much more to to verify for example and they you know did it with cert certificates um you can build currencies on that so I, I think that's why it's why it's interesting um uh because it fits a little bit uh, one of my narratives about uh identification and um um how it will work in in the future in in crypto but um you know that's the short explanation are they in another network that I've never? I've, I think I vaguely remember trading, trading it at some point, but um, I can't, couldn't remember what they actually did. Are they just another layer one, or uh, no? I, I think what, what I saw just on the website that they have like number version sixteen of their testnet, so it's not really mm. uh, released. It's just just a token you can trade. I think, for example, on Qcoin. Um, but, uh, probably it's also ERC 20. I'm not sure about that actually, but, um, uh, so it's still in development and that, that's also what I like, you know, um, I'm always like sell the news. Uh, I have that sell the news mentality. You, you have to get in pre-hype because pre-hype is that trend in the chart. And if you can grab that by looking at what's happening under the hood, uh, going through announcements, seeing if the team's delivering, um, taking a look at these these medium articles they're putting out or their Twitter. Um, you can maybe catch that hype early on. And that's like the first thesis, like, okay, this is this can catch hype. And from there, what you can do is look at the chart and see if the chart is representing that hype. So um, there is that narrative. And then as I showed you, there is that four hour trend. There is that consolidation. Um, the, the pattern is, in my opinion, not really important, but it is a compression of, of volatility there. And um, it probably will break out one side or another. Um, and that's the bet. Like 
if it breaks out to the upside, and there are reasons to think of that, um, market conditions, maybe uh, news, um, I can position myself for that. And I think the momentum currently is pointing to some upside on a four hour. Uh, but if that momentum is gone, I'm also willing to cut directly, even if it didn't break out of that structure uh, yet. Um, so it's it's quite specific <laughs> what I want to see. Um, but um, it you know that's why you have a watch list. Yeah, yeah, that's why you, that's why you carve your own niche and carve your own formula, um, and that's why kind of copy trading doesn't work <laughs> because. If, so, if someone's copy trading and then they're, they're waiting for a buy and sell signal, they're never, ever, ever in a million years going to understand why that person's bought that at that point or why they've sold at that point. You just need to carve your own kind of formula, as I just said. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, and in most cases, copy trading won't work, especially not what we see on Twitter or on Discourse today. That that absolutely doesn't work, except if the trader has a, a structured, uh, verified strategy. Uh, of course, can work that strategy well, and you can verify, for example, these results. So th then it, it might be fine, but I, I think in, in a lot of cases, it won't be a solution. It won't be a solution for um, skill and understanding because uh, I think copy trading in most cases won't work uh, because uh, people just don't have risk management. And that, that's what I have seen often, that when, when somebody shares a chart, People just put in like 50% of their capital at risk or in a leverage trade. There is one shakeout and they lose it all. And coming back from that is really, really hard. So I think it all comes down to, to mostly risk man management. And that's why most fuck up copy trading. Um, but, you know, you only understand risk management when you start trading yourself. And then the question is, why aren't you building your own strategy? So. I think copy trading could also work. Uh, like, for, for example, I look at a lot of traders and discuss with a lot of traders just, you know, what they're looking at, what they're seeing. Maybe, you know, they, they can act as a market scanner for you because they are looking at some charts. You are in that. And then you, you put on your own uh, trading strategies. I just have these templates in, in TradingView and then uh, I execute them. So, for example, I, I, I know it might be a trade, but if there isn't that trigger, I'm not going in. Um, oh, I got that. So, what about copy investing, or is it the same thing, just kicking the can further down the road? Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's even even worse in 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 some cases uh, where we now have like farming as a service, um, which which is is a different flavor. Um, but it, you know. In essence, I think you are still trusting somebody else with your funds. Uh, and, and the funny thing is that we, we talked about this like for before 2021, like never send somebody your, your money to trade with. And, and then suddenly platforms are uh, putting out tokens and, and suddenly everybody throws money in. And, uh, but, but there, there is like a fine line with that. Of course, um, in, in DeFi, uh, especially like staking platforms with optimization strategies, I think that's something different because you can, you know, if you can do that, you can verify the contracts or trust other parties did that. Um, and these strategies are often more well-defined. 
Um, so so that's that's the thing. Like if you know the track record or if you understand the strategy, then it's probably fine. Uh, but the problem is not understanding the strategy that's that's below um, the mechanism yeah. or in the fund or in the project. Yeah, because what I think we've recently seen, and I think Jedi will speak to this a lot, is you had the kind of Tetranod army that were just literally buying into anything that he said he was going to put his name to. Um, that's that's all well and good in a bull market, <laughs> but the last the last three projects haven't exactly done well. Ah, exactly, and that's the that's the thing. If um, if the if the liquidity isn't there, um, you know the market cycle isn't there. You can do that, uh, but but um, it probably won't end up with a profit. And I think that's the main problem. That that's that's I think um, a pattern I see every time. Like there is a new star on the rise on on crypto Twitter or whatever platform who's doing really really well um and then he gets traction uh, and then people start copy trading it and then get hurt uh two reasons for that um probably because somebody already has made it on the first projects and um is less incentivized to do something well uh, somebody gets more offers from the space or starts to decide to build a project on their own without any experience or much experience, uh, which also, um, you know, ruins, um, ruins the profits or um, sustainability of the project. But also important is that these people get a lot of hype because of the market momentum, the market condition. So if somebody did really well in the last year, you know, a lot of people did really well in the last year because there were projects. So, so there is a big survivorship bias in that. You, you only see the winners and them flashing it and they get traction and people uh, amplify that. And eventually uh, when the market turns and they keep putting out projects, people keep following them. But that's when they have the biggest following and the most eyes on them. So uh, at the at the moment they're most likely to fail. They have the most traction, and that's actually the the interesting part. So um, you know, I think that's something to be aware of. Like if somebody has gotten a lot of traction and a lot of successful projects in the past, it's uh, you know normally they say it's not a a good guide line for for future performance. But I think in crypto with these market cycles, it's and 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 you can see like follower accounts or people looking at it. It's actually the inverse. It's uh, it's a really good guideline to to not follow somebody and and stay away. Um, you have to dig deep and then find the the new hot developers and the new hot projects and the new gem searchers are in uh, in crypto. So. Great. You know what's what I find really interesting, and and Grant, you obviously raised um, kind of my, my one of my bugbears around. You know, obviously, you know this this incredible success that that Tetranode cultivated, and you know there's a couple of others, but I think the Tetranode one is a very good example of, you know the the success the success of, um, you know previous projects almost becoming the almost like a prerequisite for success you know it's kind of like (laughs) 
it's like we were successful with 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 dopex and therefore everything that we're going to do after this is going to be successful and to the extent that we'll make it successful regardless of what it's what it takes and obviously this bear market narrative kicks in and you know like i call bear markets spring low tides you know as a surfer spring low tide can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing and the one thing that it is is that it exposes everything you know and and that's what happened you know the 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 real the reef was exposed and it was jagged and it was nasty and you know there was no liquidity like you've so eloquently stated and you know the the guys that got in early essentially dumped that's what they did and it was like this reoccurring reoccurring behavior that didn't just last for a few days it lasted for for weeks and possibly even months i don't think vesta's recovered and i think jones is trying its best but you know there was just too much momentum with all the favors that were being paid and maybe i'm incorrect maybe that's just kind of my assumption that isn't correct i don't have the evidence to support this besides the price action and you know my very close observation of of wallets that were interacting with with um you know the buyers and the sales at the time and here we're sitting with a scenario where you know another case in point is obviously like someone like 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 danny and you know the success that he afforded not only to himself but to his teams and also to a large number of community members myself included that benefited from you know a very successful run you know time was amazing i mean we all i think all of us here benefited from time um and made some really good money out of the whole thing but unfortunately you know almost like the the, the success of what is the right terminology here it's almost like there was just too much good success. And then it, I don't know if that actually even makes sense, but it was like they just essentially just like the car was driving so bloody fast that it eventually the only way to stop it was that it, that it needed to hit a brick wall. You know, and, and, and it's actually really sad, which leads me on to my next question. And that is that do you believe that being doxxed is actually better than remaining anonymous and more importantly, remaining anonymous as a group as opposed to an individual? And I think another case in point to that is Andre Cronier, who landed up, I don't know, I don't know what the, the real story is there, but I have a feeling he left because there was just too much fuckery going on, not only with Danny and everything, but I think it just got all too much for him. And it's kind of like, well, I need to retreat. And, you know, he's now gone in inverted commas. And the question is, ultimately, is it better to remain anonymous? I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I, I'll come back to the staying anonymous question and anonymous actors in the space a little bit later, but I want to come back at what you mentioned, for example, with time and, and blaming these people. Like um, personally, I think it, it's it's typical of a, a bull market that everybody celebrates, and in the bear market, they're they're seeking for um, let's blame for, someone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad actors, but it's. Yeah. Um, um, well, well, and it's it's easy for the public. I think that's that's in, in most of the excuses the the public just put in money, didn't understand the market, and are, are looking for excuses. I think it's the worst kind of revenge trading. Because, for example, I think it was time. I'm not sure about the exact valuations, but if you looked at how much uh, how much uh, time was backed by, 
and you looked at how much it was worth. It was, I think, multiples of that. Like if you could read the docs or or look at these this this document, you were paying like 10 times as much for what it was actually worth. And that's crypto. This market is super liquid and it's it, that's that's hype. You know, when it gets attention, people throw money in because it's going up and it's going up and it keeps going up until the last sucker is buying it. But I'm absolutely sure that last sucker is is that buys it doesn't know what the real valuation is of that project. So um, they can blame, of course, the project founders um, because the project founder is, of course, talking about all the good stuff they're going to do. But like they're buying it, you know, you're responsible for your own money and evaluating the project. And you can blame that founder that he was talking about price, which is, of course, one of the biggest red flags, um, but also delivering on, on products, um, which he can probably still do in a bear market in, in most cases. But like the public pushed up all that, you know, the valuation of that project while it just wasn't there. So like, who's really to blame? Like, all, all, like a lot of times these founders get to blame or uh, there's some cherry picking sometimes with, with some influencers that, that shared some bad calls, but um, you know, probably they got wrecked too. Um, or they were what you should do as a trader, taking profit when everything was going nuts. While others who don't know how to read a chart, who don't, um, you just follow blindly without any knowledge just buy, like, where is your edge? If you, if you don't know what your edge is in the market, you shouldn't go into a market. Um, but that's the thing about crypto, everybody can join that easily, which is why it is actually an easy market to trade and actually very predatory market to trade. And that's why people can pull that off. Um, but I think the blaming is, is really easy coping mechanism in most cases. Uh, because if you did your research, um, if you know a little bit more about about it following a trend, you wouldn't get hurt. If you know a little bit more about risk management, you wouldn't have put in that much money. So uh, of course it's bad. Uh, we all get hurt sometimes in the market, but uh, some people just do more stupid stuff than others. And uh, and if your coping mechanism is blaming others every time, um, uh, you know, spend that time learning something about the market. See this learning tuition, like that's that's the mentality you see in a lot of um, uh, a lot of like more traditional trading resources that most fuck up in the in, in the first few years and they call it trading tuition but in, in crypto we turn to anonymous avatars and blame them for our mistakes uh, well uh, bring in the next sheep for the next bull run because that's that's how it always happens sadly uh, but that's the reality of a market um, yeah Anyway, anonymous founders, uh, anonymous people. Um, the, the problem with all that coping and, and stuff like that, uh, it, it's it's twofold. Um, of course, if somebody is doxxed, uh, there is that assumption that they are a more honest actor. Um, that's not true. You know, <laughs> even people or big billionaires who we know the names from, um, who um, who we think we know uh can can put out scams like come on you, you see these like floyd mayweather shilling some shit coin token because they just paid him um 
I think uh, that's even worse because because people know him, him and and know who he is, um, he gets money and a big audience, and that's that's bigger red flag. Um, so uh, I'm I'm not sure. Like like uh, that's that's for example why I like these public profiles a little bit better. Um, I talked earlier on like you can have reputation on chain and build that and verify that. For example, to know that the actor you're working with is is a more honest actor instead of just a face you know from tv um so i'm not sure of course i think it's all about having a unique identifier and the unique identifier people are used to is a face you know something to recognize a name is also quite a unique identifier especially coupled with the face um but we now have ways to do that otherwise, uh, whether it's a profile picture, whether it's an online line identity. And uh, I think that's um, the funny thing is uh, sometimes uh, there are some deals like OTC deals. I, I have sent like multiple monthly sal salaries to like people I don't even know, like just profile pictures on the Internet. And I wouldn't even send that money to, to close friends. Uh, but I can send that because they have an online reputation. And if that comes out, and if they, they fuck up, um, they ruin that reputation, which is much more worth than the funds I send. And that's why they don't. So there is some form of trust or social system around that, which makes it, uh, which makes it good. Um, so I think that's an opinion most people don't consider that maybe you're following your network, even if you're an anonymous avatar, um, can, can prevent those actions uh, as long as there is some kind of unique identifier, whether it's anonymous or, uh, or your face and your name. And the, the, the benefit of staying anonymous, which is also often overlooked is, there are a lot of like attack factors when you have an audience. So there only needs to be one crazy person or smart hacker to find out who you are and know where you live and, uh, and social engineer an attack or just knock on your door with a baseball bat and, uh, you know, <laughs> break in and, and try to ruin you. So um, because they assume maybe you have more money than others, well, maybe you're just working for, for an honest pay, um, or they assume you have your Bitcoins laying under your mattress at home. Uh, you know, it only takes one crazy person to do that. So um, as, as always with security, you want to reduce the attack factors. Um, and I think being easily identifiable as a real life person um, is an attack factor. And you, you probably can, can dox me or, or find me uh, or ev almost every person in crypto, because you, you can see me on conferences and uh, and, and networking, um, also with my my real name and stuff like that. Uh, but shielding it in some way is is valuable. Um, and you know, I like my avatar. I like a lot of people's avatars and who they are online. So I don't really need to know their real names. Um, it even adds complexity because now I have to know their tag or their, their, their Discord name and their real name. So 
<laughs> you need to know even more about a person. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, let's let's spend the last ten minutes about DSX down. When you fill everyone in, what you what your current role is there, and what the whole the the DAO is actually setting out to achieve. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's introduce the DAO. Uh, we are an invest investment advisory. We um, also give. Uh, sorry, we are an investment syndicate. We give advisory uh, on marketing, tokenomics, um, business development. Uh, because we are a group of experts from the space, all from different backgrounds, different portfolios, totally different skills, totally different network. But I think that makes it really, really powerful um, because I think we just found ourselves um, having the same mentality. We share the same mentality uh, and we just want to build something that uh, makes the space better. So. While some are talking about running nodes and validators, others are talking about improving marketing for projects and, um, you know, uh, improving that for projects. And uh, of course, we, we invest in projects too with the group uh, after a, a big um, due diligence process with, with multiple members and multiple opinions, which we sometimes overdo, but I think that's, a, that's only a good thing. Um, uh, so we, we can fully trust our own investments and uh, and, and it's not just uh, just something we think gives a good pro a good profit. Uh, we also like the idea and think it, it pushes the space further. Um, my role there is um, being one of the, the council members, which is the, the core group who is, uh, is building the DAO, uh, letting the community engage. Uh, finding projects we can help or invest in. Uh, and my specialty is a little bit uh, more about marketing because I think that marketing in crypto, crypto absolutely sucks. Um, you, you spend a few thousand on, on an influencer. Uh, the KPIs are bad. The, the users are very fluid uh, because it's mostly about brand recognition not really about onboarding users and, and having a sticky user base, uh, also no sticky capital. So it, it it's easily flows to the next thing that has 2% more APR. Um, um, you know, they, the, the product marketing fit is, is often really bad in, in crypto. And um, that's what I, I want to do, do better. Um, I think, um, um, there needs to be a bigger standard for that. And uh, marketing sounds often a little bit bad, a little bit chilly, uh, but that's that's also what I think needs to change. It, it needs to be back to what marketing was. Display of information, um, getting the user known with your project, educating about a project um, for a variety of audiences, like tailored to specific audiences. And uh, we're we're developing uh, now a framework for that, uh, which I think we can roll out to every project. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the big goal to to have. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll be leading that uh, that project. And uh, and if any project wants to spar on that, needs help, needs advice, needs to tap into our network, they they can reach out to me uh, or to to DSX DAO, uh, Twitter Twitter or through email. Um, so, um, 
yeah i'll leave all your links in the um in the youtube description as well so if anyone needs to get in touch they can just find you there is there, is there any is there any recent investments that you guys have took or well, I think um, one was was really public. Uh, I think that was um, Atlas or Eatless, um, which uh, was also in a round uh, with a lot of other bigger VCs, and it was mentioned on Coin Telegram. I think. Um, not sure if I can really share uh, the others. Yet, yeah, don't go in. Uh, <laughs> but um, like, like that's what we like to do. Um, we're we're going to come up with a overview of the first quarter of this year, uh, and we'll we'll share our investments there. Uh, short notes on what we think of that, uh, or or why we invested. Um, so I think that's really important. If you want to know more. Yes, but it's nice to see kind of crypto native um, DAO spinning up that can provide information and advice on that instead of just seeing kind of traditional VCs coming in with big dollar signs in front of their eyes. Yeah, and I think what what's changing is um, like there's a weird imbalance in crypto that there are a lot of VCs and people willing to throw in money, but there are also lots of projects who are willing to fund. And it, like the valuations are insanely high for just a white paper or just a, a one-page website um, because there is a lot of capital. Uh, the funny thing is that sometimes projects have uh, problems raising money, uh, which is like, why? Because there is a lot of money that that uh, wants to have access to to these these sales um so there is always like some kind of of mismatch but um uh what i think is really valuable if you're really an investor is that you you want to level up you want to help the project build you, you want to get in with the team you want to advise them you want to help them with your network uh, I think one of the most valuable resources is human capital, finding good people with good skills. Um, lots of the stuff that's being done in crypto is quite amateuristic um, in some ways. So finding the right people to to develop your project with, with is important. And of course, there is a absolute shortage of developers. So that's also one tip if you really want to make it in crypto and you have some programming skills, <laughs> I think this... This is the easiest space to, uh, to to join and also get, I think, a decent pay. Um, but, um, you know, value from VCs or angels is that they, uh, they can help a project in these resources, um, developing the product, uh, because a lot of these projects are groups of developers, uh, programmers. Um, but they might not know less about marketing or they might know less about business development or the new form of business development, like having a DAO or working decentralized, uh, working cross borders, uh, which is, is, is quite new. And I think there are a lot of challenges that uh, VCs can help with um, by not providing capital, but also time. And I think that might be a good, good message here. Like um, people always talk about investing money in a space, but I think your most valuable asset is, is investing time 
to learn something, to help people out, to build a network. Um, and you just have to spend time, which, you know, if you like what you're doing is a risk-free investment. Yeah, awesome. No, I agree. Jedi, is there um, anything I've, you you want yeah, to well, add? One, I've one got, last I've got one. one. Yeah, you've got a meeting <laughs> now with with. So I'll, I'll make it quick. Um, I mean, obviously we we we're in in a very interesting time in the market at the moment, um, particularly particularly on a macro level, which is obviously kind of like orchestrating everything. Um, before you leave, Aperture, would you like to give us? A small prediction. Uh, we won't hold you to it, and I promise you, I will not invest my money based on what it is that you say now. So you don't have to worry about that. But I'd really like to to get your thoughts, you know, as quickly as possible. You know, what you think is going to happen. You know, whatever time frame you choose, whether it's the next week, next month, or the next six months, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, it, it can uh, it can go up or down and maybe sideways. <laughs> no, man, uh, you're not allowed to say nah, that. <laughs> like, I, what, what, what I assume is uh, is more volatility, whether it, it breaks up or down. That that's like really the answer, like up or down. And I'm positioning myself a little bit for some upside uh, because uh, I just have some gut feeling and I see some momentum to that side. Uh, but I'm also willing to flip short and back fully to USD if that fails. Um, so it isn't really a prediction, <coughs> but um, yeah, up or down, but uh, especially some volatility. There have been some great projects that have been building um, and I would love to see them um, make it and, and having some appreciation also in, in price. Um, but the market needs to get some trust back and some liquidity mm -hmm. for that to happen. Well, I think the I, I personally think that, and I've been I've been kind of like I've been putting the message across is that this is the time for us to build. You know, it's a great opportunity to focus on 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 the fundamentals of what what we believe in. You know, from a blockmate's perspective, from a DAO perspective, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. If you're in the space, now's the time to to do your research, get your ideas flowing. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. It doesn't matter. As long as those ideas are flowing and you're writing them down and you're putting it out there. I think that's where we need to be focusing on. And not I'm kind of I'm finding that I'm spending less time watching charts at the moment because we all know where that's going. Um and just focusing more on, on what we can control and that is building and you know doing more of this stuff, getting more ideas going. And who knows, maybe in six months, twelve months time you know, things will be better and we will be stronger in the space. So that's what we're working on. Yeah, bear markets are for preparation, uh, spending time learning, building. And, and that's where the profits in boom trends and bull markets are made, whether it's in a month, whether it's in two years. Um, uh, but be prepared, uh, sharpen the axe. I think that's... Uh, uh, what needs to be done. Awesome. All right. Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. I'll, I'll jump in Discord. So don't want to jump off like this and just leave it, leave it hanging. But um, yeah, thanks both for your time again. And uh, we'll get this posted in the next day or two. But yeah. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for having me and uh, another good chat. Have a good yeah, day. Man. Yeah. Take care, thanks guys. a lot. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye.